Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. I would just like to extend my welcome to all of you uh, this morning, especially Ada's and her family and friends. A very, very warm welcome to St George's. It's lovely to have you with us this morning. Uh, and I'd also like to say a special, very special welcome to uh, everybody joining us online at home. You too, very much part of this service. And I hope you've got your tea and your coffee or your favourite drink ready. You too, very much part of this service. So welcome to you uh, watching us um, at home. Um, my name is Dan. Uh, and uh, this morning in my service, we'll be in our service, we'll be joined by Joshua, my son, and Isabel and Catherine. Uh, it's a bit of a team effort this morning. Uh, and uh, I'm a primary school teacher. I'm part of the, uh, the, the church family here at St. George's. Now, this morning, we, we're, it's the final week in our series. We're looking at Whistle to Stop Tales. And we've been going around the world looking at different countries. Uh, and today, we're going to be looking at Turkey. Uh, and we're going to be looking uh, at the story of, of, of uh, Philemon. So let's start off then by having a quick look up here. Um, so Turkey is, uh, has changed its name a few times. Some of you will know recently, obviously, it changed its name to Turkey. Uh, but in Bible times, it was known as Anatolia. Okay? And I've got four facts for you. You probably knew these already. Hands up, anyone here from Turkey this morning? Have any Turkey? No? Nobody from Turkey? Well, well if, you probably knew these if you were from Turkey, but here's four facts for us. Just before we do, you can't take the primary school teacher out of a person. There you go. If you feel like you're in a classroom this morning, it's okay. Okay? That is my day job, so I kind of, you know. Um, so here's Turkey up here, and here's four quick facts about Turkey. Okay? They hold an annual camel wrestling competition. The interesting thing is the camels don't come from Turkey. They actually come from Iran and Afghanistan. So they're kind of the, the camels are kind of brought in from outside the country. Um, Turkey is the world's largest producer of hazelnuts, 72%, which I never knew. Uh, and uh, historical experts believe that farming began there. The first evidence of real farming happened uh, at a place called Katalhoyuk, uh, and they were found to be consuming crops such as wheat and barley. So that was a bit of evidence that they found there. And also, Turkey introduced tulips to the world. Uh, and the story goes that um, a Flemish ambassador who visited Suleiman the Magnificent introduced the flower to Holland in the 16th century. So, uh, Turkey, uh, lots of uh, interesting things there about Turkey. Okay, so we're going to move on now to looking at the names in our story. And I want to just start off by trying to set the context for our Bible passage today. Okay? So we've got two main characters, and their names are actually really important because you'll see that their names are very much part of what the message we're trying to look at today. Okay? So we're going to try clapping their names because they're not the easiest names to do. Okay? So we'll start at the bottom. We've got Onesimus, which means useful or beneficial. So we've got three sounds there. So we're back in the classroom. Okay? So all together, so we're going to go Onesimus. One more time. On Ethemus, okay, and we're going to find out about him shortly, okay. And then we've got at the top, okay, we've got Philemon, ready? So Philemon, Philemon, and there are different ways that you can pronounce it, but just for today, that's how we're going to pronounce our names. And Philemon means affectionate or loving, and again, that will come into play as you'll see. Important that we understand uh, those names, okay? Right. So what's going on then, okay? Let's have a look. So, if you look at our next slide, we're going to see what were their jobs. Okay? 
So Philemon was a wealthy man uh, from trade, but he was also a church leader. And he held the church in his house. He hosted the church uh, in his house. Okay? And uh, Colossae in those days was a very wealthy part uh, of Turkey, or what we now know as Turkey. Okay, lots of trading there. Um, but he uh, also had, he had a slave called um, Onesimus. And it's very common in those days to have, uh, to have slaves. Okay, Onesimus belonged to Philemon. And one third of people in Colossae were slaves in those days, but they tended to work regularly um, and kind of more like regular employees than people held in forced labor in those days. So what's going on? Just before we hear our Bible passage, what's going on? Okay, so Paul is in prison uh, writing this letter. And this letter is very different to other letters in the New Testament because this letter is more like a personal note. Okay? It's more like a personal note to a friend. Onesimus has stolen some money from uh, Philemon, and he's, we, think, we think it's a probably a considerable amount, and he's run away to Rome. Okay? Philemon's very angry, understandably, about what's, what's happened, um, but we think that it's probable that Philemon probably knew Paul and had been converted by hearing him preach. And then sometime after leaving Colossae, Paul had ended up in prison in Rome where he eventually met Onesimus. Okay? So that's a little bit there of the context. That's what's, what's going on. Uh, and what we're going to do now is we're going to try uh, and, ex- and show you the Bible passage. We're going to try acting it out. So I'm going to ask for my, uh, my drama crew if they would like to come and uh, join me at the front. And we're going to have the uh, passage up on the screen as well. So you don't need to worry too much about... Uh, you can, obviously, you can follow it in your Bible, so that's easier. But we'll uh, take it from there. Okay, it's Philemon 1, verses 8 to 21. Paul's plea for Onesimus. <laughs> Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. (laughs) It is as none other than Paul, an old man. And now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. (laughs) That I appeal to you for my son, Anisimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you. But now he's become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while, while that you might have him back forever, No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. 
He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you that you will do even more than I ask. Okay, thank you. Thank you, drama team. Need this that way. Okay. Right, so to end, I've got three challenges. Three challenges that I'd like to leave with you uh, this morning. And the first challenge that I'd like to, to end on is to leave you the challenge of loving without limits. I'm going to ask uh, Catherine and Isabel to come out. Okay, so here we have a, a skipping rope, which is our symbol of love. And I think this is, this is what? This is just an example of what can sometimes happen in our relationships. We, we start off with a friendship or a relationship. It could be family, it could be friends, and kind of, the, you know, there's a sense of an encircling of love around them. And, and as time goes on, the, the, friend, the, the love for that person, that friendship, the friendship grows, we spend time with them, okay? And we gradually, gradually that love increases, and you can see got some love there okay but then sometimes something happens we feel betrayed we feel angry something happens they upset us and like an iron wall comes down and suddenly that love that we feel for that person that we used to be friends with or, or that we worked with or whatever suddenly stops and we suddenly get a knot and that love that was growing is suddenly stopped okay and there's a limit and one of the things is that we sometimes love until a certain point. We love until that happens, until they did this, they were my friend, until that happened. But with Christ, it's completely different because he loves us without limits. There is no limit. Jeremiah 30, 31, verse 3 says that I will love you with an everlasting love. God's love never has a knot in. God's love goes on and on, never ending. But the problem is that our human love sometimes has knots in. So is there a relationship in your life that you can think of that maybe has reached that point where there's a knot? Because God wants our relationships to be like his relationship with us. This idea of never-ending, no limits. Thank you, guys. That's great. That's the first challenge. Loving without limits. Our second challenge that I'm going to leave you with this morning Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgiveness is hard because we often feel like there's a sense of, I, I'm, I'm right to feel like this. I, I'm right to feel like this. How can I forgive them? But do you know what? One of the amazing thing was that, that Jesus' ability to love without limits 
never, went right up until his last breath. That on the cross, when he was in pain, he'd been betrayed, and he was going through the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional pain of the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He didn't have a knot. He was still open. His love was still flowing, even then, in that moment. He didn't pull a knot. He didn't reach that point. There was no wall that came down. Even there, in his most vulnerable, his love was still flowing for you and me. And the disciples found this hard to believe because they couldn't quite understand it. They thought there must be a limit. And Peter sums it up. He says, he asked the Lord, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Okay, there is no limit, no, no limit to it. And it wasn't easy, okay, for Philemon because he had been betrayed by Onesimus. Onesimus had stolen from him, he'd gone rushing off to Rome, and he's feeling angry. He, he's got that knot because of what's happened. The slave that worked for him was part of his household, has betrayed him, and he can't see past the fact that Philemon has taken his money and his trust has, has gone. And so he's feeling a bit like this, like, well, why should I? Why should I have Onesimus back? He's betrayed me. He's not done the right thing. But the challenge is still there for Philemon. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And the challenge is there for us as well. Forgive, forgive, forgive. That's our second challenge. But do you know what happens? If we can get to that point, as you'll see, there's a freedom. Forgiveness is hard. No one said it's easy. But with God's help, we can ask him to, we can pray and we can ask him to help us, Lord. Lord, we help me to forgive that person. I can't do it on my own. Help me to find somewhere in my heart to forgive. And we don't know the actual ending of the story. We don't know how the relationship was restored between Onesimus and Philemon, but we, you know, hopefully that, 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 that Paul tries to persuade him in that letter to make that step, to make that step of, of doing the right thing. Final challenge. Challenge three. Look beyond the label. I think one of the problems in this story is that Philemon is so angry with Onesimus that he can't see past this label. And this label is runaway thief. And you can understand that. He's, that's what, that's, essentially, that's what's happened. But all he, that's all he can see. He can't see anything further than that. Okay? And, and that's, a, that's something that we often, uh, we often ourselves perhaps do. We, we kind of, it's easy to put labels on people and not see their full potential. Not to see them the way God sees them. How does God see them? Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. Here's a, here's a Bible verse from 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart, but we look at the outside. So Paul is modelling in many ways what he expects Philemon to do. If we just go back a slide, sorry for jumping on a bit there. How did Paul? Paul modelled, essentially, how God would see us. He sees Philemon as a true Christian brother. 
He sees him as someone who is like a child he's fathered. He sees him as someone who is very useful. He sees him as a dear friend who he feels by returning to Philemon is virtually cutting off his right hand. And that's what Paul is saying in this message. He's saying, look, Philemon, you've got to see things differently. You've got to try and see what I see. I see, I don't just, you might see the runaway slave, but I see somebody with great potential. I see somebody very special. And he's really seeing Onesimus through God's eyes. And he's wanting Philemon to take off his goggles and to put on his God goggles and look at it differently. Look at the situation differently. And that's why he appeals, please welcome him back. He's much more than what he's done. He's got so much more potential. Look beyond the label. We're going to be having a song fairly soon. But John Newton, uh, often think about him and, and the labels that he maybe gave himself or that others gave him. Slave slave ship captain, sailor, abolitionist, okay? Lots of different different labels that he could have had. And in a song that we're going to sing shortly, one of the lines is, that saved a wretch like me. That saved a wretch like me. That he he felt at times like a wretch, just felt that saved a wretch like me. Even me. Even me. God... God's limitless love even reached out to me. Despite everything, despite everything that had happened, you still, God still reached out to me. There was no limit. There was no knot in God's love for me. It doesn't matter how we feel, whatever things we've done, Christ says, come. His arms are open. Open for each and every single one of us, whatever we've done. And he says, come. Come to me. My arms are open. I love you. Come to me. When we're talking about labels as well, it, we're thinking here as well that there's evidence that some scholars believe that Onesimus, at the end of the first century, there was a bishop of Ephesus with the same name. And there's lots of Bible scholars that actually think that it's the same individual. That the uh, Onesimus, the, the thief, later became bishop of Ephesus. Okay? And that's a, that's a view that, 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 that some Bible scholars believe because there's lots of references to this person. And, and, and that would be amazing, wouldn't it, if that was the case? That somebody who was a wretch, somebody, a runaway thief, or who, you know, that, that, that was able to make that step, that, that potential was fulfilled in that person. So our challenge is, one final time. What love without limits? I want you to think about that love. Are there people in your life where there's a knot? What could you do this week to repair that knot, take the knot out? Are there some words you could say? Is there something you could do? Is there a phone call you could make? Because do you know what happens? When you have that forgiveness, the knot goes. It's like the chains. There's a freedom. That's why Jesus didn't ask us to forgive other people because he wanted to add one more job to our daily task. He knew that if we we forgave others, that it brought a freedom to our lives. It brought a freedom here. Challenge two, forgive, forgive, forgive. 
I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. There's no limit to God's love for you. Jeremiah 31, he loves you with an everlasting love. And challenge three, look beyond the labels. Is there a label that you put on somebody else? And actually, are you seeing, are you seeing them the way God sees them? Are you seeing that potential? Do you, have you got your God goggles on or are you just looking at in the way the world does? Okay. Those are our three challenges for today. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.